Father in heaven, thank you that we can come together and uh, that we can learn how to be more effective uh, witnesses for you. And Lord, I just want to pray that your spirit would be here um, to speak not only through me, Lord, but to uh, be in the hearts of everyone who is in this room, Father, so that we can learn to be, as I said, more effective witnesses for you. Uh, Lord, may a few more souls at least be in the kingdom of heaven as a ripple effect of what we're talking about today. Father, we ask for these things in your name. Amen. All right. Well, the title of our seminar today is uh, How to Fit a Preacher into Your Pocket. How many of you guys have ever been in a situation where you've been maybe in the grocery store in line or something and you're like, you know, a perfect opportunity opens up to witness to the person standing next to you and you just don't quite know what to say? And you just wish that you could pull Mark Finley out of your pocket and add some water and voila, you know, a beautiful sermon and a baptism, right? Well, we're going to talk today about how to fit a preacher in your pocket because Mrs. White says that our little Bible tracks are silent preachers. So you can put a preacher in your pocket just like this one. I've got a few preachers in my pocket. This one's David Ashrick, and then the other one's uh, Mark Finley. Okay, moving on. So I'm going to start off with a few quotes here from the Spirit of Prophecy. She says, The best help that ministers can give the members of our churches is not sermonizing. What? Well, what is it? Let's finish the quote. The best help that ministers can give the members of our churches is not sermonizing, but planning work for them. Give each one something to do for others, and let all be taught how to work. Now, she's not talking about how to like go out and... Uh, you know, rake the leaves in the front yard. She's talking about work as in work for saving souls. So the best help that I can give you today is not to sermonize, but to give you practical ways to do outreach. All right, next quote. The work of God on this earth can never be finished. Good thing there's not a period there. Amen? The work of God on this earth can never be finished until the men and women comprising our church membership rally to the work and unite their efforts with those of the ministers and church officers. It is training and education that is needed. Those who labor in visiting the churches should give brethren and sisters instruction in practical methods of doing missionary work. What kind of methods? Practical, practical methods. Practical. So by the time we get done with our seminar today, you ought to be able to know how to practically do a little bit of missionary work. And I hope that that's what's going to happen. All right, moving on to the next quote. You're thinking to yourself, man, how many times is he going to read quotes to us? Don't worry, we don't have too many more. There will be times. Oh, I hope you didn't read that. I just want to let you know, when I read this quote for the first time, I was flabbergasted. I was amazed. I didn't even know that this quote existed. Now, I'd be interested to see how many of you have ever read this quote before. She says, There will be times when it is fitting for our ministers to give on the Sabbath in our churches short discourses full of life and love of Christ. But the church members are not to expect a sermon every Sabbath. What? Well, what would we do at church? You know? I, would we just kind of sit there? What would happen during the, during the divine service? In context of this quote, she actually says that during the divine service, if churches are running as they should, we should open up the floor for the church members to give testimonies about how they have been reaching out to souls the previous week. She says that those kind of services will be as meat in due season to everybody, visitors included. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, that... Somebody here might have actually read this quote, but I, I, I am wondering, has anybody ever seen this kind of a church happening? If you have, I want to talk to you afterwards. I want to find out where that church is and move my membership. <laughs> Just joking. Actually, I go to a pretty evangelistic church, so. It only happened one Sabbath, but I was there. I'm not there very much. Okay. It happened one Sabbath. Good, good. 
Um, this is from Pacific Union Recorder, January 29, 1903. P-U-R stands for Pacific Union Recorder. All right, moving on. So the question is then, how can we all get involved in doing practical outreach? How can we, um, by the way, I really like my PowerPoint slides. I spent like two hours working on this. Microsoft Office 2010, it's got some good graphics. And it's not even a Mac. None of that bitten apple serpentism on my computer here. We've got some, uh, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> Anyway, you'll find that these, these slides are really cool. In fact, I'd just show you the slides, and they'd be great enough for you, except audio verse is on, so I need to say something. Um, yeah, so the question is, how can we all get involved in practical outreach? Not only that, not only how can you get involved, but how can you involve your church? Every one of you represents, like, a church, and how can we get our church members involved in practical outreach so that we can actually have services like that, and we can be winning souls left and right? Well, Mrs. White actually asks the same question, then she gives us an answer. The next quote, she says, Let every Seventh-day Adventist ask himself, What can I do to proclaim the third angel's message? Then she finishes by saying, The distribution of our literature is one means by which the message is to be proclaimed. Let every believer scatter broadcast tracts and leaflets and books containing the message for this time. That's Christian Service, page 145. So one way that we can all get involved is by... Passing out tracks. All right. You know, I like to put it this way. If you have a thumb, you can be a literature evangelist. How many of you have thumbs today? All right. Give me a thumbs up. That makes me feel good. It's motivating. Why? Because if you have an opposable thumb, you can grip a piece of literature and go like this. Here you go. Right? Even if you didn't have a thumb, I suppose you could just grip it with your other fingers. So none of us are left out. We can all be literature evangelists. This is one method by which every believer can be involved in getting the message out. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about how we can practically get literature into our communities back at home, how we can activate our church members, okay? And uh, that's what the GLOW program is all about, is getting people back into the habit of carrying literature with them wherever they go. Now, just a disclaimer here. I want to let everybody know that I'm not, um, <clears throat> I am talking about a method, but I'm not praising a method because it's the God behind the methodology that we should praise. Amen. When we, when we get started into praising methodology, whether it be one kind of evangelism or another, or one name or another, or one logo or another, we get into stuff like comparing our booth sizes. And uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, we don't want to do that. It's the God behind these methods. In fact, you know, God, he's, 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 I think he has a little bit of humor. He actually shows us how little we can rely upon methods. You think about the Old Testament, uh, the methodology of Samson. He used a jawbone. Well, that worked, right? Uh, what did Gideon use? He used just like a, a jar and, and a torch, right? Uh, what did the Israelites use in Jericho? They just walked around and blew trumpets, right? So God kind of like takes methodology sometimes and he says, eh, I don't want you to have faith in that. I want you to know that it's me working through these methods that makes stuff happen. Amen? Amen. So let's get into this, how we can glow. It doesn't matter how young you are. And it doesn't matter how old you are. By the way, you see what she has in her hand there? A little track. And it doesn't matter how old you are, you can get involved in passing out literature, every one of us. So we're going to talk about how to glow. I'm going to give you practical ideas on how to get literature into your community, and I'm going to share with you some stories about how it's been working. So if you have a piece of paper, pencil, or pen, you might want to jot down some notes. We're going to go through this. It's going to be highly practical. Method number one for how to get literature into your community. Getting literature um, out while you're on errands is one of the best ways to do it. Because when you're on errands, you're out and about in town, right? You're meeting the Gentiles and the Jews alike at stores like Walmart. Uh, not too long ago, we actually had a man uh, call in because he got one of the glow tracks, and he called in on the phone number in the back, uh, and he requested Bible studies. 
I was actually on the other end of the phone. I picked it up. And he said, yeah, I'd like to get these Bible studies on the Sabbath. I read the Sabbath tract. I said, well, praise the Lord. We can help you out with that. He said, yeah, but the story doesn't end there. Me and my wife had just gotten done sending our 10-year-old son to a VBS program where they taught him about the Ten Commandments. When he came back to me and my wife, he said, Mom and Dad, why aren't we keeping Saturday holy? Oh, we didn't know, so we were just praying about whether we should keep Saturday holy or not when all of a sudden we found this Sabbath tract in our Walmart shopping cart. Amen? Because you can do evangelism while you're at Walmart, apparently. Just stick it right there in the shopping cart, and uh, somebody is going to learn about the truth. Praise the Lord. Uh, we actually had a, recently I went to Winco. It's a grocery store in California, and uh, there's, a, there's a church that's passed out 200,000 tracks in this area. And so the, the community is just inundated with the tracks. So I go up to a cashier in this town, and I say, hey, have you ever gotten one of these before? And I pull out a glow track, and I show it to her. And she says, yeah, I really like them. She pulls out of her little um, cashier apron thing two glow tracks she already had from that day. She says, I really like these. <laughs> and then I gave her another one. And then the lady who was in front of me, she was having frustration because her check wasn't working or something, like she was trying to pay with a check. And I pulled out one that said, promise of peace. And I said, here, this will help you deal with stress. And she looked at it. She says, oh, my sister's been giving those to me. And uh, can I have that one? I said, well, of course. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> While on errands at stores like Walmart, uh, we, can, we can get out literature. Moving on. Uh, driving uh, through fast food. How many of you guys ever get fast food? Taco Bell? Taco smell? I love it. Uh, in Sacramento, we actually had a, a, a woman drive uh, she was actually at the drive-thru. She worked there at the drive-thru at Taco Bell. And when the Adventist guy drove through and got his meal, uh, maybe it was your dad, actually. That's true. He handed back to her, the lady at the drive-thru, a glow tract on the second coming. She called in and signed up for Bible studies. Amen? Amen. Amen. We actually uh, have a, another one, too, where a guy, well, I'll share that one a little bit later. Um, restaurant tips. If you ever go to a fancier restaurant and you leave a tip, stick that tip inside of a little piece of literature and the waiter is surely not going to reject you. Amen? Because of course they want the tip and it's encased in a little track so they're going to take it. And um, <clears throat> we actually had a Baptist pastor who called in from Michigan and he signed up for Bible studies. Amen? Because he found a tract on spiritualism on a table at McDonald's. And now you have a legitimate reason for going to McDonald's. Because it's not like there's any other good reason for going there. I mean, seriously, you know. They don't, they don't serve food there. We can do evangelism. All right, so restaurant tips. Bill payments. If any of you ever pay bills via snail mail, uh, lots of the elderly folks love to do this too. They just stick a little glow track and mail it off. That's great. Um, I don't know if you get a lot of these. Many of you are college students, um, but I get credit card offers like all the time. And uh, when you get those credit card offers, you know, the ones that have the, the prepaid return postage envelope inside of them? <laughs> yes, my friends, that is 44 cents worth of free evangelism money. You stick a glow tract in there and mail it back. Listen, one of two things is going to happen. Somebody's going to get baptized or they're going to stop sending those things. Amen? <laughs> Bill payments. There was a lady one time, and she, she got a great idea. She said, you know, I'm going to mail a tract on the state of the dead to my friend who lives in another state. So she sticks, she sticks a tract in there. She licks it. She mails it off. The friend gets it in the other state. She gets it. She likes this state of the dead tract so much that she photocopies it. She mails the photocopy to her brother who lives in another state. 
the brother in the other state gets to photocopy this tract. He calls back his sister who mailed it to him. They have a Bible study on the phone about the tract that they had just read. When he was done with the Bible study, he hung up the phone. He called the GLOW program, and he said, I want to find the closest Seventh-day Adventist church, because if they believe this, I want to check them out. Amen? Amen. I mean, we're talking about the tracts that collect dust in our foyers. Right? And people are so hungry for the truth that we have out there that they're willing to photocopy it and mail it to people. You know that story that reminds me of in the Bible? When Jesus went up to the Syrophoenician woman, and what did she say to him? Even the little dogs get the crumbs off the table. Right? It's the least we can do to give people a little crumb of truth. Right? How many sermons do we get? Well, man, we are just like corpulent, like we are so obese with sermons and truth, right? We need to like spread it around a little bit to the people on the outside. All right, another way of getting literature into the community, garage sales. We actually had a woman, um, she, uh, <clears throat> trying to remember the story here. We've had actually a few garage sale stories. Somebody was selling, uh, having a garage sale, and whenever a person would come and purchase something, they stuck uh, uh, glow tracks into it. And this one woman, um, oh, here's, here's what happened. She, her, her husband had died. She didn't have enough money to put him through a regular funeral. And so she decided to cremate him. But when she told her, her priest that she had cremated her husband, he said, oh, you shouldn't have done that. That means he can't go to heaven. So here she was with the torture of her mind, thinking that she was the one who had barred her husband from ever going to heaven and he was burning in hell. Until she found this glow tract that I think she got at a garage sale that talked about the state of the dead. Can you imagine the alleviation of mind that she experienced to know the truth? The truth set her free. Amen? Amen. Taught her about the truth about the state of the dead. Garage sales. If you ever have a garage sale, you can uh, go ahead and do that. Just stick literature in there. Large public gatherings. I don't know if you guys have any large public gatherings out here in Chattanooga area. Maybe some flea markets. Maybe some big rock concert get-togethers or something. That's a great way that you can get literature out. Did you know that Mrs. White says that uh, where there are places where, uh, which are frequently trafficked by tourism and all that, that we should have preachers and, and men there who can arrest the attention of the people? And we can do the same thing. We had a, a Christian rock concert, quote-unquote, come over to Fresno, California recently, and um, 13,000 people showed up for this Christian rock concert. And the Clovis Church decided that, we're, man, we're going to go over there. We're going to pass out literature to all these people. There's only four exits from this giant auditorium where all these people are coming together. <laughs> so we made a plan. We split up into four teams. And you better believe it, we had boxes of literature. Man, we were ready to just blow Satan out of the water here. So we go over. And I remember driving up and, and, and sitting in, in, uh, in the car in the darkened parking lot just waiting for these people to come out. <laughs> We, we had people on the inside, like other Adventists, who were like texting us, telling us, they're on their last song and stuff, you know? They're like infiltrating. <laughs> it was, man, I felt like military, you know? <laughs> and I looked at the exit that I was supposed to stand at, and I saw two squad cars there. I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I mean, like, I almost felt the handcuffs on my hands already, you know? And we prayed, Lord, please take these cops away. As soon as we said amen, they drove away. 13,000 people started flooding out of those four doors. We were passing out literature left and right, people reaching over our shoulders, taking the stuff. We were just saying, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You know, praise the Lord. Hey, check this out. Hey, here's something to read. It's really good. People were taking it left and right. The only person who ever, like, gave me any slightest, like, maybe I don't want it. 
I was walking along. He's walking next to me. And, uh, and uh, I handed him a tract, and he says, what denomination is this? <laughs> you know the dreaded question, right? Yeah. And I said, listen, dude, the Jehovah's Witnesses are getting their stuff out there. We just thought we'd do something better. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I like it. He gives me a high five. And he takes the track and goes on his merry way. Amen? Uh, 6,000 pieces of literature passed out in half an hour at that Save Mart Center. Amen? Amen? Large public gatherings. Listen, when you guys have that going to your hometown, don't let that pass by. Get your church members together and get out there and do something about it. Amen? Amen. Let's get the literature in the people's hands. All right. Uh, another way to get glow literature out to people is to the homeless. Uh, we actually... <laughs> Uh, in that same town where they passed out a lot of tracts. <clears throat> this can happen, by the way. When you activate your church to get them uh, passing out literature, they can get so much literature if, if you continue to encourage them to do that. They can get so much literature into the community that people will start getting duplicates. So what happened was the culporter was in Fresno the other day. He was selling some books. He ran across a homeless person, and uh, he tried to sell him a book. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The guy said, I don't have any money. Right? You would expect that. Well, so the kid actually drops down. He tries to sell him a smaller book, you know? And he's like, Look, no, you don't understand, guy. I don't have any money. So the Cole Porter pulls out a glow track. He says, all right, well, here, have this. The bum looked at it. He said, oh, thanks. I'm collecting these. <laughs> Amen? In that same town, in that same town, well, by the way, another thing to do, uh, holidays on Thanksgiving. Have you ever read what Mrs. White has to say about Thanksgiving, how we should keep it in Adventist home? It shouldn't be a day of gluttony. We should actually go out and feed the homeless and eat a smaller dinner, and with the money that we saved from not doing the exorbitant stuff, give that as an offering to God. Read Adventist home. She's got good stuff to say. What I like to do on Thanksgiving is make little food uh, bags and then put glow tracks in them, and then we hunt down homeless people, and uh, we give them... Give them uh, the bags, and it's great. It's like, you know, drive-by fooding or something. <laughs> All right, laundromats. Listen, the Jehovah's Witnesses have taken over the laundromats. Well, I think we should take them back, amen? Amen. amen? amen. I think we should, man. By the way, I might say a few things about Jehovah's Witnesses, and some people might think I don't like them. That's not true. Actually, I got converted because of a Jehovah's Witness, ironically. It was because a Jehovah's Witness Bible bopped me that I actually got inspired to go and read my Bible just to prove him wrong. But when I started reading my Bible, I got converted. Go figure, right? When you read the Bible, it kind of does that. So laundromats. Um, I don't know how many laundromats there are here in Collegedale or, or Chattanooga or back in your hometown. But you can go back there and every week just go in there, take out the bad stuff, and put in the good stuff. You know what I mean? Take out the Jehovah's Witness material and restock it with glow, glow tracks or amazing facts tracks or something. And uh, it's great. I've got lots of testimonies I could share with you about that, but we've got to keep on moving. Hotel rooms. If you ever stay in a hotel room, you know they have those Gideon Bibles? Stick a glow tract in there, makes it a nice bookmarker. Put it in Exodus chapter 20, and uh, give them a nice Bible study. <laughs> you can uh, also put the glow tract on the, on the bed for the maid to come pick up too. So that's another great way of doing it. By the way, we actually had a guy, he works as a janitor in Southern California at a hotel. He came into the hotel one time, and the, 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 the receptionist was at, on the phone, and she was like just uh, really emotional on the phone. He happened to overhear what she's talking about. The person on the other line had just had a relative die, and so the receptionist was a friend with her, and she was trying to console her, but she didn't know what to say. So the janitor, 
he's like, oh, I need to get my tracks. He goes back to his car, he brings back his tracks, and he gives her one that says, does God care that I'm hurting? She gets it, and she's like, oh. as soon as she sees it, she breaks down into tears. And she reads the whole track to the person on the other end of the line. And then when she gets off the phone, she, she gets the janitor's attention. She says, that you are a God sent. This is amazing. Come, come, come to find out that she was so impressed by this track that she actually asked the janitor and he gave her, uh, he continues to give her whole stacks of literature. And when people come to check into the hotel, she passes them out herself. Amen. Amen. The janitor, when he goes around and cleans up uh, stuff, he, he says that he sees glow tracks, you know, from the people that they've left in the hotel rooms. Amen. Amen. You know, we've actually had more non-Adventists call into the glow program to order literature than we've had Adventists on several occasions. Because they get our literature and they're like, man, this is crazy stuff. There's a guy down in, in uh, I think he's Tennessee, actually, and he's a, he's a truck driver named Jimmy. And he called in one day to order literature, and as we were talking to him, we found out he was an Adventist, and he told us his method for passing out literature to people. He goes to the truck stops, he goes up to them, and he gets a, a whole stack of glow tracks, and he puts them out like a fan, kind of like a game, and he says, here, pick a card. <laughs> and they pick the one they want and says, oh, you won, you get to keep it. <laughs> amen? <laughs> Listen, the rocks are crying out. We need to get the message out, Amen. All right, airplanes. Um, is it just me, or every time you sit next to somebody in an airplane, it's like a divine appointment waiting to happen? Those people need to hear about the Christ, and they're not going anywhere anyway, so um, <laughs> you can talk to them about the Lord. Um, Sky Mall magazines, you know, those little magazines in, that are in front of you, the ones that sell, like, ramps for a dog to get up on the bed or something, or <laughs> I don't know what kind of new finagled stuff they got in there, but listen, you can put a glow tract in those things and give people something actually quality to read, Amen. Every time I get out of the airplane, I'm just slip a few glow tracks in there and keep on going. Oh, by the way, this last, uh, uh, as I was flying out here from Fresno, I prayed to the Lord, Lord, help me to have like a divine appointment or two that I could give somebody, you know, a track. As I was in line to go into the security checkpoint, I felt this impression to like hand tracks to, you know, the people around me or something, at least make conversation with them, but I didn't want to do it. I'm human. And uh, I'll admit it, sometimes I don't feel like passing them out. But the Lord had his way anyway. What happened is when I took off my, my belt and my jacket and all that stuff to put it in the, the little security box things that roll through the conveyor, well anyway, it went through, fine, no bombs, but then I pulled my jacket out, and as I was pulling my jacket off the conveyor belt, all these glow tracks fell out of my pocket on the ground. And here's all these glow tracks, and as I'm bending down to pick them up, this lady's standing next to me, and she says, oh, glow tracks. And she says, oh, glow, what's that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Could it get easier than that? <laughs> I pull up the one that says, uh, a gift for you. And I said, hey, here's a gift for you. You know, here you can learn all about it. A divine appointment, right? I didn't want to hand it to her while I was in line, but the Lord hooked it up. He'll do that for you too. Okay. Oh, sorry. Don't look at that one. Okay. If there was one day, the best day to go door to door in the entire year, what would it be? Man, you guys already read it. <laughs> Why is Halloween the best day to go door to door out of the entire year? Because everybody in the world is expecting you to come to their door. And secondly, you just blend in with the crowds. Just dress up like a church member and it'll look like you're wearing a costume. <laughs> right? And then when you go to the people, you say, trick or truth. And give them a glow tract. Amen? We actually, every year, we've developed a new, uh, a new tract for Halloween that exposes spiritualism. Listen, Halloween is not a night to be dilly-dallying around and collecting cavities. We need to be out. I'm serious. We need to be out there. Spreading the truth. The darker the night, the brighter should be the light. Right? Amen. We should organize our church members to go out 
and be passing out tracks. I don't know what you guys are doing here at Southern for Halloween, but if you're having a festivity, you might want to change your mind. Go out into Chattanooga, start spreading out tracks. Halloween night, it is the most fun thing you've ever done. If you're afraid of going door to door, you have no excuse on Halloween night. Everybody is expecting you. You just blend right in with the crowds. Got a hand over here. Ooh, the Canvassing Club is going to be passing out glow tracks on Halloween night. Yeah, day, before. Day, day before. Talk to Jonathan. He's the man. By the way, Jonathan was, when I was first ever a coal porter, seven years ago, eight years, I don't know, seven years ago, he was my program head. He's like my, he's like my father of coal porter. <laughs> <clears throat> so, actually, there's quite a lineage here because I'm his student, and then Jason's my student, and then do you have a student in this room too? Oh, oh, yeah, it's four generations of coal portering right here. This is awesome. Some of you guys are like, you are weird. It's all right. When I started coal portering, I thought the leaders were weird too. They drank soy milk and ate carob and stuff. Okay, keeping on here. We're running out of time. I got to keep on rolling. Um, Halloween, let's get the literature out there. We developed a new tract. Steve Wolberg wrote it. It's called Twilight. It exposes a Twilight vampire series. If any of you guys are watching that, I recommend that you don't um, because it is of the devil. And uh, we need to expose that darkness rather than imbibe it. Amen? Amen? All right. On a table in public, this is perhaps the most complicated method, so I'll illustrate it for you. Basically, you find a table, and you have a tract in your hand, and you put the two together. <laughs> well, that one fell off, but <laughs> you want to find a table that's even so it doesn't slide off. But even if it lands on the ground, it still works. One lady, one girl, decided to do this method. She was actually a student at Southern recently. And uh, she set a, track, a few tracks on the table, and the Merced County Jail Chaplain happened to walk by. He picked up the tract. He read it. He liked it. He called the phone number. He said, I want this literature for all 900 of my men in jail. Since then, he's ordered, uh, called in two or three times and ordered over 2,000 pieces of literature. And I have handwritten Bible study requests from those jail inmates because that one girl put that one tract on that one table. Listen, if God can use a little stone to knock Goliath down, he can use our humble efforts. Amen? Amen. 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 All right, next method. Um, if you graduate from, from, well, when you graduate from Southern, and if you actually work behind a desk, um, get a little card holder, and you can put um, tracks in the card holder, and that's a great way to share your faith, too. Um, <clears throat> leave them on your desk. There's a guy named James in Fresno, and he works at an office where there's uh, some theft that actually has happened in the office after hours. So he decided, well, if they're going to steal something from my desk, they might as well steal my tracks. So he, keeps on, he kept on putting out his glow tracks on the desk after work to stay there. But over a few months, he got disappointed because they were never being stolen. And so he was there one day late, and the janitor comes up to him and says, hey, are you the guy who has the, the, leaves the little tracks on the table on your desk? He says, yeah. The janitor says, thank you for doing that. I've read every one of them. <laughs> Apparently, she would just read them and then put them right back. <laughs> Amen? Amen? All right. Moving on. Gas stations. The Jehovah's Witnesses, like I said, they have the laundromats, but we should take over the gas stations. You know the little place where the receipt prints out? Perfect. Perfect fit for one of these glow tracks. It doesn't jam up the receipt or anything. It's picture perfect. I mean, it just looks like it belongs. I think it's divinely orchestrated. And uh, it's not like they have anything else to do, right? You just put the thing on the gas pump and keep on rolling. And the person who gets it, they're pumping their gas. They've got some time to kill so they can read the glow track. And uh, every time that I go to a gas station, I make it a point to go to all the gas pumps and stick one of these on, on, the, gas, on the gas pumps. Um, also, you know where the, the handle goes into the little holster thing? 
in between the handle and the holster, you can slide them too, and that works as well. Uh, we've had a lot of interesting experiences from that. Speaking of gas stations, one woman in San Francisco, Filipino lady, she goes in, this is, a, this is like the mother of all glow stories, she goes into the, she gets called into work at a hospital late at night, and as she's driving in, she stops at a gas station that she normally stops at, and, um, good. Um, so she stops at the gas station, and uh, looking for my water here, drying up. Um, she stops at a gas station, she goes in, and there's like nobody in there because it's the middle of the night, right? She's working a night shift. And um, she walks in, and the cashier, just for whatever reason, won't sell her any gas. And he keeps on saying things like, just, just, you know, why don't you, why don't you come back another time? It, he's trying to get her out of there. And she's like, what's going on? There's like three other guys in there and just the gas attendant. Well, anyway, she persists. She's like, you don't understand. I need to get to work. Give me some gas. And finally, one of the guys in there gets frustrated. He says, lady, don't you understand? This is a holdup. The other three guys were armed robbers. They were holding up the gas station, and she had to walk in the middle of it. And she's like, and, and when she heard that, I don't know what she was thinking, man, but she just actually got bold. And, and there's a Filipino spirit just like, you know, came up in her, and she, she said, no. She goes up, she went up to two of them. She handed them glow tracks. She said, you need to read these, because they'll make you into good people. And, and then she goes up, then she went up to the one who actually had the gun to the back of the cashier, which she didn't notice because it was, you know, behind him. And she gives him a glow track and she says, and you need to read this too, because it'll make you into a good man. And you need to leave the cashier alone. He's just trying to make a living. You know, here's this little Filipino lady saying all this stuff. <laughs> and, and you can imagine these cr crooks were thrown into like surprise and they didn't know what to do. And they just started this slew of cussing. And finally, one of them just spoke out. He said, man, this lady, she talks too much. She's going to turn us in. And so all three of them got up and they ran out of the gas station. <laughs> leaving just her and the gas attendant and this Indian gas attendant, he comes up, he says, lady, you just saved my life. What materials do you have? They must be important. <laughs> I am not joking. This is a story that we have heard. This is from my conference in Central Cal. And actually, I've met this lady. And um, so anyway, she gives him a whole stack of glow literature. And uh, he sets it at his gas pump uh, station. And he passes them out himself now. Amen? Amen. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs 28, verse 1, that the righteous are bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursues. And uh, I'm not recommending, of course, that uh, you, know, you uh, chase down all the armed robbers and pass them glow tracks, but uh, <clears throat> we can definitely take over the gas stations in, in different ways. All right. Now, we've talked about a lot of good ways to get literature into the community, but the question is, how can we make it a habit? Because it's good if we take this information down, but unless it becomes a habit in our lives, we're just, you know, it's pointless. How can you get your church members back at home, back into the habit of carrying literature? Do you know that back in 1939, Adventists were passing out 20 million tracts every year. There were, at one point, there were as many people coming into the church through literature evangelism as there were through the evangelists preaching. And um, we have lost that. And there's a reason why. I'm going to talk about that in our next session. Um, but... <clears throat> if I remember that is, but um, we want to get people back into the habit, the habits, H-A-B-I-T, of carrying literature with them wherever they're at so that they're ready. Glow is not about a certain kind of tract. Glow, you can pass out whatever you want as long as it's doctrinally correct. <laughs> it's not about a name. It's a concept of just taking the stuff with you wherever you're at. It's not even about going door to door, believe it or not, although that is part of the program. Uh, when you get up into the higher levels of it. We just want people to carry these things with them. When you go back to your home church, if and when you go back there, 
you want to get them into the habit of sticking these things in their pocket all the time and carrying it with them. Does that make sense? Pretty simple, right? All right. Now, how can you get into the habit? I'm going to give you two practical tips to make carrying literature a habit in your life. Tip number one, choose one spot in your house and in your car to always put your literature. I have a little stack in my little Toyota Corolla. I, I have a little pop-out pocket thing. I don't know what you call it, but it's a little pop-out thingamajigger. And I have all my glow tracks in there. Whenever I hop out of my car to go into the grocery store or to go to whatever I'm doing, I grab some tracks out of there, stick it in my rear pocket, and I'm ready to go. And uh, if we do that, it helps us remember. In fact, I was uh, at Chipotle recently. Well, I'll, I'll have to skip that story, but I can share it with you on the side. It has to do with this. Tip number two um, is uh, pray during your devotional time for divine appointments. That helps you get the right literature into the right hands at the right time. You know, the Bible says that we're co-laborers. We're to take his yoke upon us. Whose yoke? His yoke. So are we doing this work by ourselves? No, we're doing it with him. In fact, the Bible says that, um, not the Bible, but Mrs. White says that uh, all heaven is awaiting, paraphrasing, is awaiting for us to get moving on evangelism. And the angels are just going to be there to help us out. This next seminar, I'm actually going to talk about several um, angel stories from this last June through August of angels that we have had work with us in California when we're culportering. You want to show up to that one, but I'm going off on a tangent here. Where was I? Okay. Um, pray during your devotional time for divine appointments. The Lord is setting up divine appointments, not only for you, but for your church members back at home to get involved in passing out literature. Um, not too, too long ago, you heard my testimony I gave last night about the woman in Arizona who gave the track to the guy in the bus and he said, I was just praying for a sign if the Lord didn't want me to commit suicide. That was divine appointment. We actually had another one. Uh, how many of you have heard of Ivor Myers? Ah, uh, yes. You're like, who hasn't heard of him, right? Ivor Myers is a pastor in our conference, and I preached at his church, and we started Glow over there. And uh, recently, there was a person who requested Bible studies in, in Templeton, which is where he's from. He and his Bible worker went over to the Templeton, uh, to the lady's house. When they came up to her house, the lady comes out, and she's just crying. She's like, go to the back of the house. My son's going to commit suicide. So they run around to the back of the house. There's a 25-year-old guy. He's sitting there, his head in his hands, tears coming down. And they go, Ivor Myers and, and Cameron Sanders, they try and like comfort him and help him. In the midst of their conversation, the Bible worker pulls out a glow track, says, does God care that I'm hurting? Gives it to him. When he sees it, he says, wow. And he starts crying even more. And the Bible worker's like, did I do something wrong? He says, no, you don't understand. This is the third time that I've gotten this tract in the past three consecutive days. Does God care that I'm hurting? We can draw a few points out of that story. Number one, why did he get the tract so many times? It, it, it's because God was trying to tell him something, but also because there was a lot of church members who were passing out literature all throughout the community. And so he got it in three different instances. And um, that is what I'm talking about, guys. There are divine appointments waiting for us out there. So let's pray during our devotional time. The Lord's going to help us. By the way, this whole idea about choosing one spot to put your literature, one, one girl, she, she had gotten that far, right? She had stuck the literature in her car, in her SUV. But I guess she wasn't passing it out enough or something because God actually decided to help her pass it out. Um, she was driving down the Highway 10 in L.A. when all of a sudden uh, she got into an accident and her SUV actually ended up flipping over a few times. Glass broke. She came out unscathed, and uh, as she was sitting there, and all the cars were parked on the freeway, and some guy was helping her, she opened her eyes, and she saw all of her stuff strewn across the, the freeway. 
And you know what was strewn across the freeway? Glow tracks. And guess what the people in the cars who had stopped, what they were doing? They were picking up the glow tracks. Amen? Amen. Hey, listen, you want to pass out those tracks or you want to wait until your car gets into an accident? I'll leave it up to you. Let's make sure we get them out, huh? All right. <clears throat> so um, just, just some basics. Um, like I said, you can use any kind of literature that you want to. Uh, that's fine. Uh, with these ones in particular, the glow tracks, um, you'll notice that on the back panel, we actually have information for a person to email into us um, or to call into us or to um, uh, snail mail write into us. And uh, we've had people sign up for Bible studies like crazy from all three of those methods. When they go to this website, they can actually purchase the Great Controversy online. They can purchase the Desire of Ages online. We've had people from across the United States buying books, the big books, because they've gotten these little tracks. Amen? Yes. Powerful. And uh, that's actually what Mrs. White says we should do. I told you this program is based off the of Spirit of Prophecy. She says that on our small tracks, we should advertise for our larger works. And so we're trying to follow uh, her methodology there. Uh, when a person calls in for correspondence Bible studies, we forward that to Amazing Facts, unless they're outside of the United States, and then we take care of it a different way. And um, if you, as an individual, want to order any of these so that you can pass them out, what you want to do is call the phone number that's on the back. You'll get a hold of our secretary. Her name is Desiree. And I can give you the phone number afterwards, 559-347-3152. Um, but you can order them individually that way, or... If your church wants to order them, they can do it that same way. And then lastly, check it out. If, if and when you guys graduate and you start working for a conference, say Georgia Cumberland Conference, and they put you in charge of like being the GLOW director or something, you can actually order 100,000, 200,000 tracks at a time, and you can put your own contact information on the back. In fact, if you go back to your church and you talk to your pastor about GLOW, and they're like, man, I want to get this program started, but I want our own contact information on the back, we can work that out. Just have them call us and uh, we can get that on the back personally, okay? I spent a long time working on this one slide. This is awesome. Do you see how that just kind of faded in? Wasn't that neat? <laughs> I mean, that glow track. So here are the, the latest and greatest and newest glow tracks we've come out with as of about a month ago. This one's called Return to Rest, and it is a Sabbath tract from the angle of getting rid of stress. You know how easy that is to hand to people? You go to the cashier and you say, man, you look stressed out. <laughs> And you know what they always say, man, I'm stressed out. They say, hey, this will help you deal with stress. And they'll just gobble that right up. Amen? Amen. Listen, Lord tells us to take a day off once a week. That's going to help us rest. Amen? All right. The next one here is called Steps to Health. This is on the, the New Start principles. Nutrition, exercise, water, s sunshine, something. So anyway, it's all in there. <laughs> all right. This one right here. 2012 and the end of the world. This is a glow track that is um, on many people's minds. Many people are thinking about the end of the Mayan calendar. Is the world going to come to an end? There's a movie out in 2012 where people are saved by three arcs or something like that. And uh, this is a great one. It's actually on the second coming from the angle of 2012. Very easy to hand to people. Next one called A Gift for You. <coughs> that one's on salvation. How easy would that be to hand to somebody? Here's a gift for you. And they take it and they're like, oh, this is cool. And then they read it and they're saved, maybe, <laughs> hopefully. And then the last one here is uh, the track that we have created for Halloween. It's going to begin at Halloween, but you can use it year-round on the Twilight series, Exposing Twilight. Did you know that people, um, young people who are watching Twilight are now across the United States, many of them are getting involved in actual occultism and drinking blood. 
And it talks about that, the stark reality of that in this tract. And what it does is it says, you know, vampires, they're, they're depicted as wanting to take your blood, but Jesus gave his blood for you. Amen? Amen? It's a tract on salvation. So all those, <clears throat> you can get from that phone number. Now, if you want to actually start your church back at home on GLOW and you don't know how to do it, very simple. We made a video. It's up on YouTube. Okay? It's an eight-minute video. It'll give you the practical steps on how to start this program in your church and get everybody involved. And so what you want to do is go to sdaglow.org, and uh, you'll find a little button that says how to start your church on GLOW, and you just click that, and it'll take you right to the video. SDA is in Seventh-day Adventist. sdaglow.org. All right, we're going to finish off with two quotes here because we have 10 minutes left. Nine minutes. In fact, let's turn to Revelation chapter 18, verse 1, if you have your Bibles. Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. <clears throat> By the way, just so you guys know, the last seminar that we're doing here, the one right after this, we have talked about literature distribution in this one. The next one we're going to talk about is literature sales. If you look at this graph with me, you'll notice it's a literature evangelism pyramid. The greater part, Ellen White says that every church member can distribute literature, right? But she says that only some can get involved in actually selling literature. But the ones who uh, get higher up and actually start selling it, that is an amazingly powerful ministry. And I'm going to share with you quotes that Ellen White has to say on colportering, and I'm going to share with you a school that we're starting in California to train people on that. I'm going to share with you tons of stories about how angels have been working with us recently. Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. <clears throat> After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was what? Illuminated or brightened with his glory. This is a symbolic picture of the last message that God has for this world, and it's a message of light giving light to our world one page at a time. Did you know that Mrs. White says that this message that's going to go out, she says that in a large degree through our publishing houses is to be accomplished the work of that other angel who comes down from heaven with great power and who lightens the earth with his glory. In other words, when you and I go out and we put these tracts in people's hands, we are planting seeds that are going to spring up for the harvest when the latter rain is poured out. Does that make sense? You are laying the foundation for this message by handing out a little tract. It's a small work, but it's a powerful one. And we're going to reap a, a harvest of souls when the latter rain comes. In fact, check this out. She says right here, more than 1,000 will soon be converted in one day, most of whom will trace their first convictions to the reading of our publications. How many of you would like to see 1,000 people converted in one day? I mean, Mark Finley, Alejandro Bouillon, Whatever. That's going to be us pretty soon. Amen? With the Holy Spirit's power. And they're going to make those decisions because they've read the tracts beforehand. So my encouragement to each and every one of us is let's be faithful in the small things. Let's continue to, to, to pass out literature whenever we have an opportunity. Keep it with you at all times. And before you leave this seminar, um, every one of you come right up to the front here. I have some literature we can put in your hands so that you can uh, let the rubber hit the road and we can actually start passing this stuff out. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you that we can, um, we can spread this message. Lord, it's such a blessing for us. 
and it's a blessing for the people who receive the literature as well. Father, I pray that you'd help us to be faithful in the small things. Lord, to be faithful, to look for opportunities, to fish for men, Lord, to hunt for them, as your prophet told us. Lord, I, I pray that through the faithful efforts of those in this room, spreading these little tracks across the world, Lord, that we might see a mighty harvest of souls when the latter rain is poured out, who have made their decision because of the humble efforts beforehand. Father, we ask for these things and thank you um, for giving us the privilege of working with you. In your name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.